Choosing an insulin pump is one of the biggest decisions we make for diabetes management, and today I hope to help you decide which is best for you. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Diabetech. I'm Justin. I have type 1 diabetes, and on this show, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, and management with industry leaders, educators, and those thriving with diabetes. Joining me today is Gary Shiner. He's a certified diabetes care and education specialist and has lived with type 1 diabetes for nearly 40 years. He's the owner and clinical director of Integrated Diabetes Services a practice specializing in intensive insulin therapy and advanced education for children and adults. I've got links to his practice and new podcast called Think Like a Pancreas in today's show notes. Gary and I get into everything you need to know about the automated insulin delivery pumps on the market. The Islet from Beta Bionics, Omnipod from Insulet, the T-Slim X2 and Moby from Tandem, and Medtronic's 780G. We cover algorithms, form factor, which works best for who, compatible CGMs, pricing, warranties, and a lot more. If you have questions after this, I've got interviews with a lot of these companies about their products and the features on this podcast. So be sure to go listen to those. Just a few weeks ago, I had Tandem on to talk about the Moby pump, the world's smallest tubed hybrid pumped system, uh, Dexcom G7 support, and its future tubeless pump. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on YouTube and on all podcast platforms, so be sure to follow wherever you prefer. Keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or content on my social media and YouTube channel is not medical advice and is for educational purposes only. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to bring up my Patreon. I was looking for a way to create better quality content, put out more content on YouTube and the podcast and social media, and do bigger and better things. I want to go to Europe to the biggest diabetes tech conference in March. I want to report on the coolest diabetes technology there is and do a lot more bigger and better things like going to the Omnipod factory. With your support, I can make these dreams and these goals happen. On Patreon, there's the option to sign up for a monthly subscription. Not only will it support my content, but you'll also get some added extras. You'll get Q&A exclusives that only live on Patreon. The questions come from you. You'll have access to the Diabetech community discord where you can speak to other people who are diabetes like yourself and like me. You can also chat with me. But overall, what you'll be doing is helping push Diabetech further, helping me and my team create better content for you to watch and learn from. To sign up and support Diabetech, there's a link in today's show notes and it costs about the same as two cups of coffee. All right, enjoy the episode. Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show to teach me and my listeners all about automated systems. Uh, there's a lot I don't know because I've been on Omnipod pretty much my whole diabetes life. Um, so I'm excited to learn from you today. And we had you try all those pumps and infusion sets previously, but you stuck with the Omnipod, huh? Right. Yeah. I, I put all the infusion sets on. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, Gary and I did a whole episode on the podcast about infusion sets. So we're not going to really get into how those work in this episode, but definitely while you're considering new pumps, listen to that episode. Uh, but first, there are, there are a lot of new pumps that have really arrived. Um, so we have a longer list to get into. There is Tandem's new Moby and a beta bionics islet that have joined uh, the market. Uh, so first, let's get into 
the playing field of automated systems. Uh, let's start with tandems pumps. Let's start with the T-Slim. Sure. I mean, it's one of four that we now have available to us in the U.S. commercially. Uh, the tandem system, this was, uh, it was the first pump with a full-color touchscreen, nice compact pump, nice and slim, thus the name T-Slim. It's a traditional tubed pump with an infusion set. The uh, system connects uh, with the Dexcom G6 and G7. They just built the update for the G7 in the last few weeks, and they're offering that uh, that update up to their users. And it's one of the neat things with this system is when they update features and software, you don't have to get a whole new pump. You can just plug in and install it through a download and take advantage of, of the latest and greatest. So the algorithm that's built in uh, to the tandem pump, uh, automated, you know, automatically adjusts uh, the insulin delivery. It'll it'll make basal adjustments. It'll even administer uh, small correction boluses when glucose is going particularly high to try to keep the user in range. And then we've got the Moby Tandem's brand new pump. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this one. There's no screen on it. Yeah, it it's a. It's kind of like a tandem June pump junior. It does pretty much all the same things as the larger version. It's just a more compact version. It doesn't have any programmability other than one button you can use for manually bolusing if you didn't have your, your phone with you with the app. But the phone app is set up similarly to the way the tandem pr- pump programs. All the same features. Uh, the pump itself, just like the tandem T-Slim has the control IQ algorithm built in to self-adjust. So the data from the uh, the Dexcom will feed directly into it. It'll automate the adjustments. But you know, bolusing, setting changes, looking at history, all that has to be done through the phone app that, that's associated with it. Cool. And, and then there's Medtronic. What makes Medtronic different than, I guess, all the others? Um. Not a lot. I mean, it's a tubed pump. Medtronic was the first in the industry to have an automated system. It's going back a good almost 10 years now. They haven't done much to change the hardware. They're still using a similar pump that they had back then. And their sensor has been updated from the standpoint of just the uh, the algorithm and how the signal is being interpreted. But the hardware is very similar to the way it's been for a long time. I think what's really unique now with, with Medtronic is at the other end is the infusion set. They have new extended wear sets that eh, kind of do less harm below the skin. Uh, it ensures that the insulin getting into your body is cleaner and purer, so there are fewer issues at the sites. And that's often the weak link in pump therapy is the infusion below the skin uh, where the insulin's not as clean or as pure as it should be, and it causes local irritation and inflammation, and that can affect the absorption of the insulin. And it's just it's a variable that can it can wreak havoc on some people's control or just add a lot of unpredictability to others. So the the infusion device is something that Medtronic really has a, a grip on right now with their new extended wear set. Okay. And then we've got Beta Bionics Eyelet. This one, relatively new. It's also a tube pump. It only has a couple of infusion set options. There's a 
plastic cannula that goes in at 90 degrees or a steel needle that goes in at 90 degrees. Uh, the pump itself is extremely uh, simple to use. You know, the user only puts their body size, their weight in. They don't put in basal settings or they don't physically bolus or calculate boluses on this. They just let the unit know when they're eating and it makes its, the system makes its own adjustments to the insulin delivery and administers boluses that it feels are reasonable for the situation. So we'll talk a little more later about how the algorithms compare, uh, but this one, it's, it's designed with simplicity in mind. Okay, and then the last one, Omnipod 5, the only non-tubed pump currently on the market in the US. I wear that. Uh, tell me about that one. Right, so Omnipod, they're, they're on their fourth generation pod. Uh, this one's called the Omnipod 5. The pod itself attaches to the skin. There's a small cannula that pops out of the pump into the body, and there's a programmer. Now, the programmer for the pump can take the form of a handheld unit that the company provides, that Omnipod provides, or it can take the form of a smartphone app Right now, they have the apps available for Android devices, and they're about to launch their iPhone app as well. So the programming of the pump is, is done through this. Now, this also, it syncs up with the Dexcom sensor, and the pod itself has the algorithm built in to make automated adjustments based on the glucose direction and the current level. But all of the bolusing, setting adjustments, and so on, is done through either the uh, the company provide programmer or the smartphone app. Okay, gotcha. And let, let's get into water resistance. The Omnipod, I swim with that. I shower with mm -hmm. it. So that one, ha I believe it's like, it's got a good rating. It can be underwater for a certain amount of time. Yeah. I love that. And that's what I love about it. What about, well, is there anything to add to that? And then what about the other pumps? Well, the, yeah, the pods are fully watertight. I mean, these, these suckers are tough. I've, I've tried breaking these open just to get to some of the innards and see what's in there. Same. You need a chisel and a hacksaw to get these things open. You know, I wouldn't try that on the other pumps. You'll destroy them. Uh, but yeah, this is a tough watertight little device. The other pumps are what's called, they're all water resistant. Um, when they leave the factory, they're watertight, but there's gaskets and there's washers and things. And with wear and tear, sometimes water can seep in and, and may cause damage. They all have safeguards to prevent against accidental insulin delivery. So you're not going to like get a little water in your pump and it's going to give you 50 units of insulin. They're not going to do that. Uh, but they could they could fry. I mean, you could burn out the, the motor, the electronics, things like that. You know, the good news is the companies are all very good about replacing these things. If you have a problem, you just call their 24-hour helpline. They'll get a replacement out to you immediately. You might have to switch to injections for a day, but that's the worst-case scenario. So, you know, all of them can be used in and around the water, but, you know, the only one I would fully trust would be the Omnipod. Who who are you recommending wear these pumps? Let, let's start with Medtronic. Who, who who should who should be wearing that one? Yeah, the, the way I look at these systems with the automated adjustments that they all make is each one 
has a unique level of control that it can achieve. And some of them can get very tight glucose control. Some of them just get modest glucose control. Uh, but at the same time, each one has a certain amount of involvement the user has to put in. And, you know, that saying work in equals work out or results is very true. The systems that require some user involvement and intervention can generate better results. Um, and each one, each of these systems has its own degree of work that's involved in using it. And I would say of the four systems that are out there right now, the tandem can probably achieve the tightest glucose control. However, there's a little more user involvement involved to get it right. The, the basal settings on the tandem really need to be fine-tuned because it doesn't just produce a flat basal rate and adjust from there. The tandem pump also allows the user to still deliver boluses in an extended manner instead of all at once. Uh, it allows the use of multiple profiles. So for work days, off days, vacation, sick days, things like that, you can have different profiles. Uh, but, you know, th these are the kind of things that require some engagement by the user. And of course, at, at mealtimes, you still have to enter the carbs and, and calculate a bolus. So the tandem, I guess, relatively speaking, requires you know, a little more effort on the user's part. But from you know, my experience, the, the glucose control we can achieve with it is, is pretty darn good. So if, if it's somebody who, who doesn't mind being involved in their day-to-day -day management um, and wants tight control, I would steer them likely towards tandem. And I, I like also the fact that it uses the Dexcom G6 or G7. There's flexibility there. And from you know, in the sensor, in the CGM space, I, I've never met anyone who prefers Medtronic to Dexcom. It just doesn't happen. There may be a few people out there, but I've, no, I've not met yeah, them. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, so, and for those listening, if you don't know, Medtronic, they have their own proprietary CGM. They, they work within their own system. Current one's called the Guardian 4. And I mean, the sensor itself, it, the accuracy is reasonable. It's pretty close to Dexcom, but there's just inserting it and taping it and managing it and charging the transmitters. And it's a lot of work, just a lot of extra work. Um, and until recently, it required calibrations, and it still asks for calibrations a bit more than Dexcom does. So just more work and effort involved. And, and it's not as reliable or consistently reliable from what I've seen and experienced uh, compared to Dexcom. Do, do you tend to find that the people on Medtronic are people who have been with Medtronic, but it's not really new 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 people aren't really getting on Medtronic as much. Yeah, I'd say there's there's two populations that are using the latest Medtronic system. One is people who have been with Medtronic, like you said, generation after generation of their system, and have just upgraded and upgraded and upgraded without really giving consideration to other options. And you get comfortable with something; it's understandable. And the other group are people who work with healthcare providers that may not be giving them options might just they might just have a comfort level with Medtronic as a product and that's all they prescribe and all they give information on so I, I think it's a disservice not to give the user in you know, the info so that they can make their own uh, own decision so I, I would put tandem at the you know a little little more engagement but really good results and at the opposite extreme uh, would be the eyelet you know with eyelet 
none of you don't have to figure out any settings. You know, a, a novice could use this. Primary care providers can stick people on this. They don't need any expertise at all. You put your weight in, and you know, after a week or so, it, it's it's making aggressive adjustments on your behalf. It's adjusting basal and it's calculating your own boluses. You don't actually enter carbs into this either. You just tell it when you're eating. And if you happen to be eating a bigger or smaller lunch than usual, you tell it that. That's it. Uh, it, it estimates your insulin needs based on just that information, and that's all. So from a user engagement and involvement standpoint, this is as simple and easy as it gets. But, it's always a but, right? Yeah. But what you get, you got to give up in terms of the degree of glucose control you can achieve. You're not going to get as tight a control with this as you can with the other systems. It's, it's making conservative estimates. It doesn't give you the option of adjusting for exercise or you know, any other variables that come along in your daily life. Uh, it just has its one own algorithm that it runs pretty much constantly. The other systems all have at least some overrides you can do um, for, for special situations. And, and then I would put Medtronic probably a little closer to tandem in terms of the outcomes, the glucose control that you can achieve with it. Uh, and even though it doesn't allow you to use a lot of the advanced features that tandem allows when you're in automated mode, I, I do feel there's a little more work involved in using it because of the sensor. It's just kind of a it's a it's a, a needy sensor. You know, it has to be changed every seven days. The transmitter's got to be charged each time. Uh, you know, the calibrations aren't an absolute necessity, but oftentimes the system will request them just to keep it functioning well. And just inserting and getting the sensor placed initially is is kind of burdensome. And the pump itself is, I find it's kind of awkward to program. A lot of button pushing, a lot of menus to go through. The Medtronic, right? Yeah, I've heard that the usability is not so easy. Uh, you know, people who are in the system, they've been using it so long, it, they've gotten it down, but it's not the most user-friendly. The, the clip is upside down. I don't know who they were talking about when they engineered this thing, but when a user goes to look at their pump screen, it's upside down when they've got it clipped on their pants. Oh, wow. <laughs> Little things like that. And then uh, the Omnipod 5, I, I would put somewhere, you know, kind of between Medtronic and, and Islet. The glucose control you can achieve, it's certainly better than Islet, but I don't think it's as good as you can get with Tandem and Medtronic. Uh, but there's a you know, less work involved. You do have to get your initial settings in there correctly, but it, it kind of takes away a lot of options that the other systems you offer up. Uh, you, know, you can't extend boluses or run temp basils or other profiles. You just can't do things like that with the Omnipod. Uh, it does have uh, one feature I do like is it will adjust boluses based on the direction the glucose is headed. The other systems don't do that just yet. So if your glucose is rising going into a meal, the calculated bolus will be increased a little bit. And if it's falling, it'll, it'll decrease it a little bit. But from a convenience standpoint, uh, I think the pod's wonderful. The pump itself is very simple to use, easy to change out. Because you don't have to insert infusion sets on your own, you can place it on a, all kinds of body parts. You just stick it on and it pops the cannula in for you. That part's nice. 
having to carry a separate programmer around isn't the easiest thing though. That, that bothers a lot of people. So some are waiting until the iPhone integration with their app. Yeah. That'll make it more lightweight device, kind of just having it on, not having to have an extra device. You always, you know, almost always we have our phones on a hardware side. Why would you recommend Omnipod to someone like who, who are the people who, who use that, um, for that, um, flexibility, I guess, or like, tubeless feature? Well, I, I think about people who might have to be connecting and disconnecting quite a bit, people who work out a lot, um, engaged in water activities, might have really active lifestyles. The pod's a nice tool. So when you, when you have to disconnect for different activities, you're interrupting insulin flow. Glucose levels can do some strange things. And, and there's a time limit to how long you can be disconnected for safely. Because the pod's on you all the time, you don't have to worry about that. You know, just about any activity you can engage in. The only sport I've come across where even the pod is a problem is wrestling. Because people will grab on anything for leverage when they're wrestling against you, and they'll pull your pod right off if given the opportunity. So, but just about any other activity, it, it, it works nicely. Uh, I'd say also people who have any kind of dexterity challenges. Uh, older people, people with visual limitations, strength issues, because yeah. you don't have to insert your own infusion sets. You don't have to be priming tubing. All those steps are taken away. So there's a, a simplicity to the change outs. That, that's quite nice. Yeah, I found that after doing my infusion set video, which was separate from our podcast, just trying all of them on. It was a process putting all these on and having for some of them having to see the needle. And I'm sure people have become desensitized by that at this point. But I feel so spoiled. I put this thing on. It does its thing. You know, I push up my skin a little bit. It does its thing. It, I barely feel anything. And it, it's nice not having to do that. And I could see a lot of people benefiting that, you know, less involvement, mm -hmm. kids, um, the elderly um, or those who have any uh, types of impairments. When, when it comes to failure rate, what do we see uh, with the Omnipod? I've had maybe in two years, five to 10 fails where um, I'd say more, closer to five where, and sometimes after swimming, I find, um, or even while swimming where the pump, it fails, it, it goes beep and it, it failed. Um, how often are you seeing that with these, with tubed versus I guess Omnipod? Uh, well, when they happen, when that sort of thing happens with a tubed pump, Usually it's just a matter of, of changing the little piece that's on the skin, you know, the infusion set. You don't have to change out all of the tubing and the cartridge of insulin and, and, and lose the insulin that you had. It's just the little piece that, that's on the skin. So it's, it's, a simpler, it's a simpler thing, you know, if there is a, a problem with the device or the absorption, just to change that piece out. Um, the, also, the way it alerts you. You know, if there's an, an any tube pump, if there's, let's say, an, an occlusion, you'll get an alert on screen, you confirm it, and you, you change out. You know, the pod give us what we call screamers. You know, the pod <laughs> will just siren relentlessly while you have to go hunting for a paper clip to jam into this thing to shut that alarm off, which to me is kind of archaic and, and cruel and unusual punishment. Um, I'd say... The rate of, of sight issues is similar between the pods and traditional sets, but the rate of device issues is greater with the pods. It's, it's pretty rare that 
a tubed pump is going to give you an alarm because this thing is broken or defective. It's very rare. But with pods, like you said, that might happen several times a year, in which case you know, the whole pod has to be changed out. Yeah. And I find that, you know, these are times when I have to go home and get a new pump because I don't carry around pumps if I'm, you know, out having a day. If I'm going on an overnight trip, that's different. Yeah. I, I teach people to just carry a syringe with them, an empty syringe, because you can yes. draw insulin out of your pod or your tube pump and give yourself little micro injections until you're home and can change everything out. Yeah, I have started doing that. I haven't had to use it yet, but a friend, I told a friend I didn't ever carry stuff around and she has type one. She's like, take this, please just hold on to this. You'll, you'll need it sometime. So I have that now. Today's episode is sponsored by T1D Exchange. You can directly make an impact on diabetes healthcare, treatments, and technology by participating in the T1D Exchange registry. It starts with a simple survey about your life with T1D, and it only takes about 15 minutes. After that, you'll have a personal portal with ongoing T1D study and survey opportunities from research on technology, daily T1D management, and more. Plus, some of these studies even offer compensation. Signing up with the link in the show notes helps support my channel and it allows me to continue putting out free content. You can sign up at t1dexchange.org slash diabetic or click that link in today's show notes. When it comes to getting started on these, each one's a little bit different, right? First, there's the eyelet, which we hinted at a little bit. The eyelet only requires weight and, and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. How long does it take for that one, I guess, to kind of get things down and understand your body? Uh, initially, it's going to be making conservative estimates, uh, at least of bolus insulin needs, uh, and it'll estimate basal. Uh, usually after a few days, it's going to start to hone in a bit and, and learn. It's the one system that really has a learning algorithm. It looks at like what's happening overnight while you're sleeping. And if your glucose is starting to climb at 3 a.m., it will build a little extra basal in at that time to prevent the rise. None of the other systems have that capability. With the bolus doses, if you are programming at lunchtime, a normal lunch and your glucose is often dropping, it'll start giving you less when you enter a normal lunch. So that sort of thing, it, it'll start happening after a few days, but it's constantly updating and including recent information into its algorithm to, uh, to fine tune. Okay. And what about Omnipod 5? It takes a little bit longer. Uh, it takes, it doesn't really do much until after the first full pod use. So we're it, it, looking at really three days until true automation uh, is taking place. It'll start you know, collecting data when you turn it on, but isn't really doing much. Uh, and then with each pod use, it updates its information based on how much insulin you're using. That's an important parameter. Uh, if you, The more insulin you use, the less sensitive you are to each unit. So it starts making adjustments to the magnitude of, of corrections and the magnitude of basal adjustments it's making based on how much insulin you've been using recently, which can be a problem. Now, for somebody, let's say you're sick or a woman having, you know, it's premenstrual and her ins the insulin needs go up a lot, it's going to keep doing that for a while, even after you're back to your normal insulin requirements. 
And likewise, if you start exercising a lot, all of a sudden it's basing things on when you weren't exercising and you might be getting a little too much insulin. How, how do you combat something like that? You can go into manual mode. You just turn off the automated features for a short while and manage the, you know, put yourself in Justin mode and just use your basic settings yeah. and your skill levels. So I, I, it bothers me when people go on these and don't have self-management skills because there are times when you shouldn't be automatically adjusting. All of the systems give you the option of going back into manual mode except the islet. The islet does not have that option. Interesting. Would you say this learning system of the Omnipod 5, and, and, does, and does this exist on other ones, it, does that hinder it for that reason that it's going to apply what it's learned the last, I guess, couple weeks on this future? You know, we get sick, and when we get sick, we, need, we have more insulin needs. Um, I don't want to go into manual mode on my system. I'm DIY. I never go into manual mode. I put on overrides, which are different ranges and, and targets. Are people going into manual mode after two weeks of being sick? Is that what they actually are doing or? Depends who's instructing them. Most people don't and their glucose control suffers. Wow. We wow. teach people about these scenarios and how to handle them. And hopefully they are doing that. I mean, they report to us that they are, and, and it does help. Um, so, you know, having self-management skills is still necessary. You know, you still need to know how to count carbs well. You still need to know how to manage your infusion sites properly, how to troubleshoot effectively, how to adjust for exercise. These, these are skills that you still need and still have to apply even using systems like this. Okay. And what's the setup? like for let's let's start with medtronic then we'll go to go to tandem what's getting on that like getting on the system with medtronic it's it's kind of a process because you have to be instructed on the pump and then you have to be instructed on their sensor and it is a lot to learn with the sensor it's not like a dexcom where you just hit a button it's on you activate it and you start getting data Medtronic, there's a lot more steps and a lot more processes involved in using it properly. Um, so, and typically they'll start somebody on the pump and then bring them back a second time to start on the sensor and then bring them back a third time to start the algorithm, to start the self-adjustment features running. So it, it's, it's a bit more work than, than we see with the other, uh, other systems. Um, with Tandem, and again, you know, I think most people are on a Dexcom already who have type one or they're on a Libre, but they can, the Dexcom and Libre are, are, there's a lot of similarities. It's easy to switch from one to the other. So with Tandem, we can start the pump the day of, uh, you get it and it links with your sensor and the algorithm kicks in immediately. There's no learning process. It doesn't need to understand, you know, that much about about you and your insulin requirements. When you set up the tandem algorithm, you tell it how much insulin you average per day, just one number you put in. And it bases its initial correction doses on that, on that number you put in. And then over time, it, you know, it does adjust if your insulin needs do start to change quite a bit. But that, that's a fairly easy one to get started with. And the Omnipod is also, it's fairly easy, although it doesn't really start making robust adjustments until after 
three days of, of pod use. Um, tandem's adjustments are less based on, uh, I guess, a pre preset formulas than it is on your glucose. I mean, it's just based on predictive. It's a predictive model purely. If it thinks you're in the next half hour, you're going to be above 160, it bumps you up. Above 180, it bumps you up your basal and gives you a small correction dose. And if you're going to drop below like 110, it starts backing off a little bit. It's a very simple algorithm. Sometimes simple is good. You know, just the simplified version uh, does work pretty nicely. When it comes to targets, all of these have different either ranges or just a target number. How important is that number for the target? Does that, or, or does that not really matter? Is it more about the algorithm getting you there? Yeah, I, I think it matters quite a bit, especially when it comes to preventing hypoglycemia. I, I use a similar system that you do. And when I had my target set at 100 or even 110, I found I was going low too often. Um, I got it to 120 and the lows almost completely vanished. So and that was for me. But the target can, it, it, it is important, you know, for preventing lows and just based on the degree of control you're seeking, how tight or how loose you, you want to be, having a, a variety of options is, is valuable. The only system now that doesn't allow some flexibility with the target is tandem. It has, because it has this one formula depending on where you're headed and but it does have al overrides. It has one override to make the algorithm less aggressive and one algorithm to make it a little more aggressive. They call it exercise mode or sleep mode. Sleep mode's a little more aggressive. So you'd still have those options. What about the other pumps when it comes to different, I, I guess, target settings? Uh, let's start with Omnipod. Yeah, I mean, you have a few different targets you can set. I believe you can go anywhere from 100 to 150. And Medtronic, I think, is between 100 and 120. I'm not, I, don't quote, well, you're quoting me, but I'm quoting myself. <laughs> do the research, everyone, but. Do your research. I think those are the ranges. I don't remember 100%. And I think even with Islet, you have a couple of options, like 100, 110, 120. Are they, but are they specific? Like I know Omnipod has activity feature. It, it, do they have a different one too? I, I haven't used Omnipod 5. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Omnipod Five has the activity exercise mode, where the algorithm becomes a little less aggressive. Uh, it, it lowers what's called the adjusted basal setting by about fifty percent, and it doesn't start correcting until you're, I think, over one hundred and forty or something. So everything's more conservative in the in the exercise mode on, on Omnipod. Okay. Just like it's similar to Medtronic, you know, it has what's called a temp target where mm -hmm. you just temporarily take whatever your normal target is and changes it to 150 for a while. Same concept. Yeah. And then I know with the eyelet, the eyelet kind of takes out a lot of the user. Like there are Not different targets, but they don't even tell you what the targets are. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't had a chance to personally use eyelet yet, but I envision when I work out and I work out every day. Uh, I'm either going to have to lie to it about how much I'm eating beforehand so I get a smaller bolus, or I'm going to need to eat carbs before and not tell it, or I'm going to need to disconnect for a while before I wear it, but I'm going to have, or maybe just raise the target a little bit. I don't think that'll help that much, but yeah, I'm going to have to get creative about 
how to handle workouts on, on the islet. Is, is there any real world data between all of these pumps for time and range? Have, have some of these pumps been found to be better at overall at controlling and having better time and range? Yeah, some are a little better than others. Uh, and again, these are broad averages that they look at of time and range of you know, 70 to 180. Uh, the Tandem and the Medtronic are in like the low to mid 70% range. Uh, Omnipod is close to 70%. And Islet is down around 60%. You asked before about you know, who I'd recommend what to. I don't want you to think that Islet wouldn't be recommended. I mean, if I, if I had a client who was running a double digit A1C, didn't really care to you know, monitor their food intake, didn't exercise much, the islet would really help them. You know, it would improve their glucose control quite a bit. It wouldn't get them you know, to, uh, to Justin levels per, per se, but it, it, would get, it would really improve things. And it might simplify their lives not having to you know, make any adjustments on their own. So I think for each, there's a, there's a system that, that would meet their needs well and has the right kind of combination of features. And you know, the really people who want the you know, really tight control, I, I wouldn't even recommend any of these. I would recommend one of the uh, open source DIY type algorithms that allow full functionality, full adjustment and fine tuning on one's own. Yeah. For people who are interested in a DIY system, the pumps that work with that are Omnipod Dash and, and the prior model Eros, uh, and then some old Medtronic pumps that I don't even know which ones they are, but um, I believe you and I are on both on DIY systems. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually on a different one than you right now, I think, and we'll talk about this later. that later. We don't have time for it now, but mm -hmm. um, you kind of just were, we were getting into usability a bit. Let, let's start with that, um, the Islet, which we kind of just ended up, ended off with usability wise, like that is the most simplistic that is meant for someone who really doesn't want to think much, right? But what is the usability? What, what is the use like that? Like when it comes to, I guess, logging carbs and, and beyond? You, you don't. If you tell it, if you're having your usual breakfast, usual lunch or usual dinner, or if you're having a bigger than normal meal or a smaller than normal meal, that's it. And if you don't tell it that you're having a meal, it's not the end of the world. Your glucose will still rise a bit, but the algorithm catches on pretty quickly and keeps you from going excessively high. And that was one thing I found with the Medtronic that also worked pretty well. Um, I tested it. You know, I had some decent high carb meals and didn't tell it I was eating. And I don't think my glucose got much above 180 with any of those meals before the algorithm kicked in gave me extra insulin and got me back down towards normal a few hours later. So yeah, if you don't announce your meals with these systems, your blood sugar will rise a modest amount. Uh, if you're not on one of these systems and you eat 60 grams of carb, you now kiss it goodbye, you're going up to 300. But with these systems, you might go up to 200. So it, it is a little better. So they call that missed meal forgiveness or something like that. I would say it's probably best with the Medtronic, second best with the Islet, and third with the Tandem and, and Omnipod. Okay. And then when it comes to the Moby, 
The Moby is Tandem's super small pump, smaller than my AirPods case. Doesn't have a screen on it. Using this is much different than any any of the other ones, right? Well, I guess Omnipod also doesn't have onboard controls. It's, it's not that much different. It's like using a tube pump. It is still a tube pump, but the tube's only a few inches long. So you could put the pump in a little pouch and stick it to your skin the way an Omnipod is used. So as you're going around wearing it throughout the day, there's no big strand of tubing. There's nothing clipped to your body. So from that standpoint, it's, a, it's less conspicuous and less in the way than a traditional tube pump would be. But other than that, I mean, everything about it's the same. You still have to put in an infusion set. You got to rotate your sights. You got to fill the tubing. And you have to do all the programming. In this case, the programming is done through an app. So it's just the, the app versus doing it on the pump itself. So I, you know, I've, I've told a lot of patients about the Moby, a lot of tandem users, just to get their their feedback about it. I'd say half of them are pretty excited about it. They like the, you know, the smaller size, the discretion that it offers, being able to pump program through their phone. The other half, no interest. They're like, I don't want to use my phone up for all my diabetes stuff. I'd rather just have my pump be able to program that. Uh, and, and they don't mind the tubing. And that's the case. Most people who use tube pumps get comfortable with it. It doesn't get in the way as much as most people think. Uh, so they're used to tubing. It doesn't bother them. They like the convenience of being able to program their pump right on the pump itself and not have to carry a second device around. There's also the issue of how much insulin they hold. The Moby doesn't hold as much as the traditional pump. So I'd say somebody who's using, let's say, 40 units a day or maybe even 50 a day or less, there's enough in the Moby to get them three days. But if they're going to go through more than that, that much insulin, there may not be enough. Yeah, and yeah. Omnipod also has a max. The Moby and the Omnipod both have a max of 200 units in the pump. Um, what I like about the Moby is you can wirelessly charge this. You can also wirelessly charge the Eyelet. Um, the I guess the Medtronic and the Tandem, those you're still plugging in with a cord. Okay. Well, the, the Medtronic uses a AA battery. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes the pump heavy. <laughs> oh, wow. It's the double A battery. And, and the size also, you got to be able to fit a double A battery in there. It makes it kind of bulky. So when you compare, yeah, it sounds archaic to me, actually. <laughs> wow. It's much thicker than the T slim. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. And then when it comes to the Medtronic, you're also charging the sensors, whereas I guess all the other pumps don't require, they have, you know, sensors you just throw out when you're done. Right. So their sensor has a transmitter. Watch this part. Yeah, the transmitter part has to be charged after every sensor use. So every seven days, you take your old sensor off, you charge this for about 20, 30 minutes. Then you go through the whole process of putting a new sensor on, which takes a lot of steps. Uh, attach your transmitter and then start it up, and then you got your two-hour wait. So it's really longer you're looking at closer to three hours of, of no sensor data uh, when you're using this. Okay. So, you know, with the G7, you and I, have, we've, we've already learned, we can get the warm-up time down to zero if we're smart about it, and there's no gaps in data at all. Yep. All about overlapping the G7 sensors, which you can do. Uh, I have a video on that if you want to check that out. 
Um, let's real quick go through the CGMs that work. So Tandem and Islet both support the G- the Dexcom G6 and the G7 as of this week or last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Omnipod 5, which currently only supports the Dexcom G6 with G7 support coming eventually. Yeah, probably probably first quarter of 2024. Yeah. Hopefully the G7 compatibility. Okay. Medtronic only works with its proprietary Guardian sensor. They do have a new one in the works, the Instinct, um, which is way nicer. Uh, It is um, disposable. Uh, I did some videos on that. So um, if you want to hear about the future of Medtronic, check those out on my page. Libre 2 support. I spoke tandem. That episode went out uh, a couple of weeks ago. So Libre 3 support, she said it's not far off. Um, and then I know Omnipod's going to work with Libre 2. They haven't said anything about Libre 3. Um, there's a lot of unknowns with the Omnipod 5 and CGMs. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any dates. Um, real quick, let's let's touch on smartwatch and phone connectivity. So Medtronic has um, an app. D- do you, can you do anything on the app or is it just for viewing things? It's it's mainly for viewing data, just in a more detailed sense, and for syncing your data with their uh, CareLink program, so that you can see reports and your clinicians can see reports. Okay, then you've got the Tandem and Moby. Obviously, with Moby, you need the smartphone app, but Tandem, the T Slim, you can use the phone to also control it, as opposed to using the certain things, not everything. Like you can't program extended boluses through the phone app, but normal boluses can be done through the app. And no, no smartwatch app for tandem pumps. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Medtronic has one also, I think just for viewing real quick. Um, Omnipod has an iPhone app coming out soon. No word on an Apple Watch app or any watch app. And then DIY, DIY Loop, and IAPS, which I've reported on a bit lately, both have iPhone. Uh, there's an Android one um, and work on smartwatches. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's get into compatible insulins. There's Rapid, there's you know Novolog, Humalog, and then you've got Fiosp and Leumjev. Tell me about those with these pumps. Can you use these ultra rapids with all of these pumps? Uh, most of them. Yeah. I mean, I prefer to call them slow and slower. They're not really (laughs) rapid insulins. Humalog, Novolog, Apidra, those are our traditional mealtime insulins. And then we have Fiosp and Lumjev, which work slightly faster than Novolog and Humalog. It's enough to improve post-meal patterns a little bit. We don't spike quite as high. But they're still, you know, a far cry short of the speed we really need for managing most meals. Uh, Humalog, Novolog, you can use in any pump. Uh, Apidra and Lumjev, you can use without a, without any issues, typically with the Omnipod and with the Medtronic. Um, I don't know about Islet. I'm not sure if uh, we can use the Ultra Rapids in it. But with Tandem, Tandem's the question mark, because with a Tandem pump, there have been an in- increased reports of, of occlusion alarms with use of Lumjev and Fiosp. Not everyone has these kind of issues, though, and it might depend on how much insulin is being delivered through the course of the day. So I tell people who want to try it, try it. If you don't have a problem, go for it. 
But if you start having issues with occlusion alarms or sight issues, then go back to your regularly scheduled insulin that you've been using. Yeah, just a note on the Islet, Fiasp will will be able. I don't know if it, it already can be used or it will be. I, I know that mm-hmm. that's that's a thing. I spoke to them about it. This next topic, I know a lot of people are curious about pricing, the cost, uh, and the differences, right? So I know that there's a difference between Omnipod and tubed pumps. What is getting on that on Omnipod? How does that look different? All right. Well, price-wise, you got to consider upfront cost and long-term cost. The Omnipod has by far the lowest upfront cost because you're not buying any big, major, durable device. You're just buying a programmer and your startup pods. The pods are disposable. So you're looking at about $1,000 before insurance coverage to get started on an Omnipod. With a traditional tubed pump like Tandem and Medtronic, you're looking at seven to 8,000 up front. And then the disposable supplies, you know, up front might be a few hundred dollars more. The Islet is a tube pump, but it's about priced about half of what the others are. It's like 3,800, something like that. So the upfront cost again, before insurance kicks in is less with the Islet. But think beyond, we got to look beyond the end of our noses. And, and the long-term cost has to include the disposables. And with a tube pump, the disposables are relatively inexpensive. You know, you're looking at maybe 100 bucks a month, something like that. Whereas a, with, with the Omnipods, you're replacing a $40 pod every three days. So the ongoing cost goes up pretty quickly. After about two, two and a half years of use, the total cost of using an Omnipod and the total cost of a tube pump with disposables is about the same. Beyond that point, the Omnipod starts costing you more. So you have to consider about how what your insurance coverage is. If you have a big deductible, like a high deductible plan, then you know an Omnipod might make sense. If your if your insurance covers these things under the prescription drug plan, doesn't really matter. But the pumps, the, the tube pumps are usually covered under durable medical equipment, and that's not going to get covered by your prescription plan. So I think a lot of it depends on how much of a deductible you have on your plan. If you have a low deductible, it's not going to matter that much. If you got a high deductible plan, the Omnipod financially could make sense for you the first couple of years. It'll end up costing you less. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Like everyone's insurance is so different. So a lot of what you said, I don't even think necessarily fully apply to me because I I'm on Omnipod. I pay, I believe $60 for a three month supply of Omnipods. I never had to do an upfront cost for a pump. Um, and I like that because that's going through my pharmacy benefits. Um, I can't imagine, you know, throwing down a bunch of money, but I guess the what I was expecting to hear is you buy that pump, but then also for these two pumps, you need to get a monthly or three-month supply, which I was expecting to almost be the same price as my Omnipod for those three months without the pump. But I'm realizing everyone's insurance is – in this country, everyone has a different plan. So what what applies to me is not going to apply to someone else, mm-hmm. right? I'd say every three days that with a tube pump, Every three days, the disposables might cost about $15, whereas with the Omnipod, every three days, it's about $40. 
before insurance coverage kicks in. That's a big difference. But yeah. those who are having to pay a lot of it out of pocket, you got to consider that and consider how much you're willing to pay up front and then long term, how much you're willing to invest. Yeah. So I guess a lot of people just have to do the research to see the pricing difference uh, long term versus short term. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, long term and short term, Omnipod just works. And, and I, I haven't looked into tube pumps, though. What about warranties? So in the US, I know that there's you have a warranty when you get, I guess, mostly tube pumps. And I don't know if, about Omnipod. What does that look like? Yeah, they're all about the same. They all have a warranty of about four years. Uh, if, if your insurance, if your insurance is Medicare, if it's a government type insurance, the warranty is typically five years. And that just means that you'll be eligible to have a brand new system paid for by your insurance once the warranty is up. Within the warranty period, it's the manufacturer's responsibility to keep your system up and functioning, uh, either through repair, replacement, whatever the case might be. And in fact, as most people want to upgrade to something new because there's better features, it's cleaner. <laughs> Those pumps get pretty beat up over time since you're wearing them every place. But I wouldn't ignore what I feel is the most important part of a pump investment is not the disposables or the pump itself. It's the training you get. It's the education you get and you know, kind of the guidance that you receive. Because you can get the best system available if you don't know how to use it properly and you don't know how to, you don't have good self-management skills. It's pointless. You could do worse than you did on injections. So working with a good clinician that knows their stuff can, makes all the difference. Absolutely. Are there trial programs for any of these? Like, so can someone tr just try it for free before they they commit to yeah. a four-year warranty? Typically, they'll all allow you to return the system within 30 days. Again, someone, don't quote me on this, but this has historically been the case. With any pump you get, if you return it within 30 days, you get a full refund or your insurance gets a full refund. And then you, know, you could switch if you wanted to. Now, some, with the Omnipod, since it's covered under a different aspect of the insurance, uh, it, it's a little less risky because you can stop at any time and switch, and there's no long-term you know, $7,000 device you've invested in. So there's a little less risk involved using the pods. Awesome. Gary, thank you so much. This was uh, so interesting. I now know a lot more about these pumps and how they're compared. And I hope everyone listening does too. Uh, it's always great having you on the show. So we'll have to have you on again. Sure. I I've been impressed. I've been watching your glucose in the background. Oh, You've been between oh. 113 and 115 the entire hour. Yeah, that's IAPS. I'm using a new <laughs> DIY system. And I don't know my like sugar level after a breakfast being that straight of a line, it's it's outrageous. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any more questions, feel free to connect to Gary and his practice, Integrated Diabetes Services. And be sure to listen to my other episodes on all of these pumps. I've thrown some of those links in today's show notes. Also down there is a link to my Patreon. I truly value your support. And I can't wait to push Diabetic further and farther with you. Next week, we're talking about pregnancy and diabetes technology. Specifically, it's a two-parter. We're doing these studies that have come out recently about C 
CGM accuracy and automated insulin delivery systems efficacy with pregnancy. And then a week from there, I speak with someone who was pregnant at a time when there was no diabetes technology. Truly fascinating. So stay tuned for that. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday, wherever you listen and on YouTube. Links to my YouTube channel and social accounts are in today's show notes. I'm Justin, and I'll see you next week.